Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell. I am co-host here along with Kurt Souter, the founder and president of uh, Further Still Ministries. Good morning, Kurt. Chad, good morning, brother. It's good hey. to see you. It's, uh, it's great to be alive and up and at them. Yes, it is. This is uh, a big week. We had politics this week. The big the caucus was yes. going on this week. That's yeah. that ball's rolling and and it's insane as well. And then, but it is insane. February is a big month. It's the love month. Well, it's a big month in some people's calendars. Others, it's not as big, and it needs to be big because yeah, that's right. they that's need exactly. to realize that somebody else is. So February is valentine's month so these next couple weeks the couple weeks leading up to valentine's day which is in two weeks a week from this show is uh, we're talking about some love themed shows and we're talking about uh, in two weeks we're going to have a panel of women on here and talking about what we're going to have women on here yes i'm very scared and nervous (laughs) i mean this is a show for men by men and and then we're going to bring some women in yes because we need to learn about women and we don't know anything about them (laughs) you're exactly right but before we get away from that let's talk about this week we're having a a cool story a story that only god can write and um we'll let you kind of introduce our guest yeah absolutely we have our dear friend uh eric schonsberg uh with us today and uh he, he has just a cool cool story um about his family and I think, uh, listeners, it's going to be really cool to to uh, really unwrap this story and understand how God works. So, uh, but Eric, before we uh, you get started, you've been married to Tanya for how long? Twenty years. Twenty years, and uh, Tanya and you, uh, you guys met where? Met at my Bible study at Southeast Christian Church. And uh, you you were leading the Bible study, and um, Tanya said, "Hey, I like this guy." Yeah, it's it's longer than that, but uh, yeah, that's more or less uh, what happened. Yes. Yeah, because you're a great Bible teacher and you love to mm-hmm. teach the Bible. And uh, Tanya, um, she was a new believer, mm-hmm. and uh, I reached out to her like I reached out to many people uh, to disciple and um, met with her. And I didn't think anything of it at first, and uh, then after a few months, I thought a lot more about it. And <laughs> I felt God leading me to. To, uh, Take date her, her. date. <laughs> yep. And she was a new believer, which was uh, odd to me. I thought I needed a, an experienced Christian to marry, but uh, God had other plans, and so here we are. Uh, it's, it has been so cool. Eric and I have partnered together in ministry for, oh my goodness, what, 13, 14 years now, and it's just been a joy to watch you two in your marriage um, flourish and and you know work through the ups and downs of of family life it's been really yep really we're a good neat. team you are a good team and and you've got some uh, you've got some young men in your life yes we've got four boys uh, two by adoption and two the more conventional way they're ages 11 to 17 so we've gone from the crazy uh, part of young childhood to the busy part of older childhood and we tell people we're trying to raise a few good men so we're doing okay uh, they're a handful. They but, are um, a handful. They, they, your boys are absolutely a riot. I, and they're also different. I uh, love your boys. So describe a little bit, just real quickly, the boys. Well, uh, each one individually? Yeah, just real quick. Okay, well, Zach's our first. Uh, adopted him in, and uh, he's, he's uh, athletic and gifted and charismatic. We think he wants to be a youth minister or a counselor or something like that. Uh, Brennan is... Uh, academic runs cross country he's like you yeah he's like me but uh quirkier <laughs> wow 
and uh, great, great kid. Oh, he's got a 4.0, uh, right? And, yep. Joseph yeah. runs uh, track and soccer, and uh, he's he's strengthening in his academics. He actually goes up for the school spelling bee this week, which is amazing. Ah. So we're very proud of him. He's a wrestler, too. Yeah, wrestler. And then uh, Daniel is just very creative. He, he uh, had dress for school today. You could dress with what you wanted to be, so he, he wants to be a... He wants to ride bikes when he gets older. I don't know how, that, how that's a career option, actually. But So he's got a helmet. Uh, he's going to wear a helmet to school today, and, and he's got a flashlight on top of it. So he makes all these things, like to equip his bike. He puts like a little cardboard tube on the back where his pedal hits it, and so dirt spills out the back like it's exhaust. I mean, just crazy, creative stuff. Man. And so I don't know what on earth God's going to do with him, but it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, that is <clears throat> that is very cool, yes. Um well, you had uh, in the last uh, several months ago, you had you know kind of a tragedy in your uh, family. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, my uh, short of it is my dad passed away about three months ago, and uh, a couple months before that, he'd started to have some symptoms, but um, it, the picture of health before that, and uh, they couldn't find what it was. They were looking for neurological problems, but long story short, uh, when they f- took another. CAT scan or MRI or something, they found brain tumors that had emerged in the uh, very quickly. And uh, it turns out he had stage four, uh, they think it was melanoma, although it was fast growing and they, they really never got a great diagnosis on it. And within seven weeks, uh, he had he had passed. And so um, pick from the picture of health to dead in seven weeks. So it was uh, tough. We, we did have uh, the chance to say goodbye. I mean, I, I, he did not have much pain. So in terms of, you know, if you're going to go, that's, I can't think of a better way to go to have time to say your goodbyes and not to have much pain, but you know, it's still a, a void in our lives. And especially for my mom, uh, really tough, you know, she, she goes from being married and working to widowed and retired, uh, within a month or two. And it's just, you know, some brutal transitions there. So, yeah, because they were, they were in the process of selling their business, Right. So describe that a little bit. Yeah, my my dad had looked to sell the business. He was a Minuteman Press franchise owner, and the uh, economy's been kind of tough the last nine or ten years, and he'd been looking to get out, but uh, that's a that's a tough industry anymore. Uh, the printing, uh, printing industry's changed a lot, so he never found a buyer, but finally did and got open doors for that to happen, thankfully, before he passed. But all that was in transition. Uh, toward the end of the transition when he was getting sick and and passing. So the business was sold in the middle of that. And my mom had worked for him, with him, for eight or nine months after she had retired from the government. And so my mom was, you know, working with him. They were with each other, you know, a lot, um, almost 24-7, I think, those last nine months. And so it's just, uh, that's a tough transition, especially for my sister who lives near them. And then, of course, for my mom, it's a big transition. And so, how would you say your mom is doing right now? I think she's doing okay. I mean, the hardest thing, I think, is, you know, what do you do with your day? You know, you don't think about the amount of time that work takes out of your schedule every day. You mm-hmm. know, and then you go home, and you're with, with people, and you go visit some people, and then all of a sudden, you're alone. You know, you're alone 9 to 5, and then you're alone 5 to 9. And so, you know, family can help, and... You know, some friends can help, but it's just that's a huge transition for people. Mm. And uh, and so, Eric, you know, I know this has been a uh, you know, hard season for you and your kids and, and your whole family and, and your siblings. You got t- brother and a sister. 
and uh, one brother's a pastor. Right. And um, and then you made a comment um, at the funeral uh, about your dad. Describe what you said about your dad. Well, I said a bunch of things. I mean, I, I gave the eulogy, a eulogy for my father, and as an aside, I would recommend that people do that at funerals if they're capable of speaking in that moment, because a lot of times the pastors that do funerals don't really know the people they're doing funerals for very well. But I would say this, you had it all written down. I, I did have it written down, and I do speak a lot, so that made it easier. But even if you didn't deliver it professionally or something, you know, it's still, it, it just adds a big per, personal touch. And I had so many people come up to me afterwards, the professionals, the funeral directors, uh, pastors and such, and just said it added so much to have someone kn- who knows the person do the eulogy. And it's also a lot easier when the person has a life worth eulogizing. Of course, that makes it a lot easier. And my dad did. He was a, uh, a great man. So uh, that makes it a lot easier. So I said a number of things. I mean, he was a really good guy. He modeled uh, faith to me and living it out strongly. And I said that he was a, a hero with respect to marriage. And so uh, that that's the reason we're here to talk about it today and uh you know the most interesting part of that uh is that he he and my mom had divorced and so um what does it mean to be a hero when you're a hero in marriage and yet their marriage failed yes and you know just when you think about it it, most people when they say hey my dad is my hero not many people a can say their dad is their hero and b especially people will say well my dad's my hero and they're divorced in marriage like uh, he's my role model in marriage but they're divorced yeah. I, I, when you I heard you say that at the funeral and I and I just was blown away you and you said it with emotion you, you had tears in your eyes um, what, what describe well, that a little bit well it makes you know it makes me choke up now but uh, as well because that, that's just amazing and we'll go through the story in the, in the next few segments but it, and it's a, a very interesting story I think but um, his failures and then later successes, his perseverance, uh, where he fell short in the early years, all that God used as uh, something that would make me a better man and a better husband. And so uh, the top part of it is what is what God did with that stuff. But the other part of his, his dad was a willing participant in that. And as we'll cover later, uh, he did some great things, made some difficult decisions in, in a way that just brought God, honor to, to God and honor to the institution of marriage. Mm, that's powerful stuff. Well, in the next segment, we're going to hear more about the story about how uh, a couple divorced, but yet it was a hero in marriage to his son. And that's a, that's a story that we can't really quite follow unless you see the big picture. And we're going to talk more about that in the next segment. So... You're listening to Solid Steps Radio. Listen to us on Facebook.com forward slash Solid Steps Radio for the rest of this show if you can't catch it all or any past episodes, and we'll be back shortly. Thanks. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsor of our show, Carol Rogers Carpet One. So if you're going to be doing any flooring here coming up this uh, you know, nothing is more sexier and romantic than saying, honey, I bought you some carpet <laughs> for Valentine's Day. Okay, guys, don't listen to what I just said. Go buy your carpet at Carol Rogers Carpet One with Ken Martin, but don't use that as your Valentine gift. 
unless she really wants like some hardwood floors and then you can go buy something really expensive but go down there and those guys will take care of you thank you guys for uh, carol rogers carpet one for taking care of us so for those of you just joining us we are talking with eric schonsberg and he's talking about his hero in marriage his model his role model that he looked to his father who just recently passed away and if you want to hear that you can check back in on monday we will post this as a podcast on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Solid Steps Radio. And so, but but Eric, you, your mom and dad divorced, and yet you say at the funeral, your your dad was your model and your hero in marriage. Uh, just bring us back up to speed just real quickly there. So you know, they, they got married in 1963 and uh, had me in 1965. You're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Had my brother in 1967. Had my sister in 1970. We used to live over in St. Matthews, and uh, to get to Baptist East is not, you know, it's about a mile or so, but my my sister was so eager to get out of my mom that my dad got to deliver her in the back of a police car. Whoa! <laughs> on the way to, to the hospital. The the uh, You're a mile from the house. A mile from the hospital, and she's cr- cruising on out of there. And the policeman's like, you know, keep your legs together. And my mom's like... I don't think so. And so here comes Kathy. So uh, that's, you know, one of the stories we always tell about uh, about the siblings. And my uh, my granddad used to own the St. Matthew's Voice. We were raised in Louisville and uh, my dad published it. And we got to the mid 70s and my dad, I don't not worth going into here, but started looking at other jobs. And, and so my dad's specialty was going to newspapers that were struggling and and redeeming them, bringing them back and didn't always work out so we would go places and we were in pittsburgh for like eight months and that didn't work out real well so we came back here briefly and then we ended up in upper state new york and then we went to northern virginia every three or four years we would move and i know that was tough on the on the family and uh, the marriage and it was uh, interesting for the kids as well we were you know constantly moving people would ask are you in the military no no my dad just published his newspapers <laughs> and uh, so we moved around so in 1980, my par- my parents' marriage had had been a struggle, and uh, growing up, you could you know you could see that. Although you don't, you know, I think as a kid, you often don't have points of comparison, and mm-hmm. if the parents hide stuff, but you know they yelled at each other, and you know you, we knew things were not awesome. Um, and my dad got another job in 1980 up in New Hampshire, and we were in high school. Kids were a little bit older, and so I think part of where the kids were at and where my parents' marriage were at. You know, dad just went by himself. We stayed behind, and um, didn't, did didn't that surprise you as a as a boy? I don't think I was shocked by that. I think I knew that you know they were struggling enough. I don't remember you know if they sat us down and had a talk. I'm sure they did, uh, but or maybe it was sold as you know this is kind of a temporary thing. But he went to New Hampshire, and I was 15 at that point, and uh, he would come back to visit quite a bit. But it was, you know, obvious to us that that it was, you know, a separation of some length. And he was in New Hampshire for a while, and then went to Massachusetts, and then ended up in northern Kentucky and never got reconnected with my mom. So obviously it was, you know, it wasn't a divorce yet, but it was as good as a divorce from a perspective of kids at least. Yes. And then they formally divorced in 1986. So they were basically separated before the, for six years. Yes. And then divorced. Yes. Um, when they got divorced, did th- was there any change or dynamics going on in your kids' three lives? Not really. I think 
again, I don't remember thinking of the divorce as really different than the separation. I mean, he left and then that was it. And he still kept visiting before and after the divorce, during the separation, after the divorce. So it didn't, it seemed all about the same to us kids. We were different ages though. And so, you know, I was closing in on the end of high school uh, and I was about, you know, about to go to college and moving on with life and you're a teenager and, you know, it didn't hit me as much. Uh, my brother would say the same thing. He was a little bit older, didn't feel as close to his parents. Um, and so it didn't hit him as much. It really hit my sister hard. I mean, she was a daddy's girl. She was, what, 10 years old. Mm. And so it was really tough on her. My brother and I would both say that the divorce was a net good for us, that for both of us, it was a wake up call. Uh, speaking to my own experience, you know, my dad was a good guy. Everyone liked my dad. And so I had a hard time, I think, as a boy trying to figure out, well, why why can't my parents' marriage work out, you know? And the punchline to that is that being a good guy is not enough in many marriages, you know, to, just to be a nice guy that people like and to be a hard worker and, you take know, out all, the trash. take out the trash. And, you know, that's not, that's not enough. That's not going to get you through at least a, a relatively difficult marriage. There's got to be more to it than that. And so I think as a kid, I saw myself in my dad's, shoes. You know, I'm going to be a hard worker. I'm going to be a good guy. I'm going to be a, a nice person that people like. I'm going to make people laugh. I'm going to, you know, g- get a college education and do the middle class dream and, you know, all these things. And, and wow, their divorce was like a wake up call. Like that's not enough. You know, if you want to have success in marriage, that, that is not going to do it. And so that's really the first key part of how God used my dad was in just in that failure realizing there was more to the Christian life, more to married life than just being a good guy. Wow. You, you know, when, when you think about, we think of failure as um, the, the worst thing that can happen. But you're, you're saying here, your, your mom and dad's failure in marriage was a huge, huge God moment for you. Right. Wow. Yeah, because I think if they limped through, then I would have, you know, I might have, wanted more for my own marriage and maybe that would have been enough to stir that kind of passion but my my parents getting divorced was you know the impetus for me to go that's not what I want I don't know how to get there exactly I don't know how to do it better but I know whatever they did was not enough and I know I don't want a divorce and so I've got to figure it out and so I was asking questions of of people and thinking through it and reflecting and and reading and just approached life and marriage differently because of that failure and 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 then the failure really really touched kathy in a pretty significant way talk, talk about that just a little bit well it just hit her you know it hit her hard i mean chris and i were relatively independent uh, maybe it's a father-son thing i mean you know my dad has always been more of a friend than a, a father figure he was always you know a good guy we would play ball in the yard and he would discipline us some but I've always thought of my dad as kind of more of a friend type. And, you know, I think a father-daughter relationship tends to be different. Uh, she was younger. Uh, so it was just more, much more devastating for her as a young, you know, a young girl growing up and, and not having dad there. As a brother, could you tell the difference between their separate and watching your sister, the, the, the difference between the, the separation and then the, the divorce when it was final? No, I mean, I'd like to tell you I was Mr. Sensitive. I'm not Mr. <laughs> Sensitive now, let alone uh, 35 years ago. So no, I didn't, I don't remember any of that. I don't remember... I'm sorry to say, I don't even remember my sister especially struggling. I remember some of that, but I'm sure there was a lot more underneath the 
you know, underneath the surface than I was catching at the time. What, what would you say, can you, can you identify a couple markers of why the marriage was, was unraveling? Well, mom's a handful. So, you know, I want to honor my mom. I love my mom to death. She's a big part of who I am and where I'm at. And she loves me and I love her and she's great, but she's a handful. And, <laughs> and she's got some really interesting, you know, family stuff in her background that, that contributed to that. And I just think dad didn't know what to do. You know, she was, she struggled with depression. We were moving every few years, you know, that affects friendships and the networks you have and the resources. We're in the middle of nowhere in upper state New York. And I, I just think it was difficult circumstances and she had some, some personal struggles. And then I just think dad was not equipped to handle that. And again, being a nice guy is not enough for that. You know, if, if, if mom had been just kind of easy, relatively easy, um, maybe that would have been sufficient, but the challenges that she brought the challenges that the life circumstances brought was too much it's too much and, and he was not equipped not trained not prepared right. for that dynamic and so the marriage ends and there's failure and 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 then uh and and, and they're divorced for how many years well, they're divorced for uh, 18 years. So separated for six, divorced for 18. And dad kept up with us as we were kids. He would drive back. I mean, even though he was pretty far away, he would still make the drive back from New Hampshire. Uh, I don't remember it being for special occasions, but you know, at least he would make trips down on weekends. He would, I guess he saw us for a birthday or two, but certainly on the holidays, he was always there. My parents generally got along still pretty well, even though they were divorced. And that also was a model to me. I mean, you hear about so many couples where there's a divorce and you know, people are just ruthless to each other. And my parents never did that. So that was a, a cool example. And I'm not going to get divorced. So I'm never going to live that part of it out. But it was cool to see that from your, your parents that despite the divorce, they were working pretty hard. My dad, especially working hard to do what he could within the, the circumstances that he had. So there's still a level of friendship going on. Yes. You know, they were still battling over, you know, alimony and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, it was not peaches and cream by any means, but it was, it was friendly generally between them. And that sure made life relatively easy, easy. And so I guess one, one challenge would be if you find yourself in a divorce and you're listening to this, you know, one, one thing is do the best you can to get along and, and don't, don't pick fights. Don't do this in front of your kids, whatever. If you find yourself in a divorce, let's, you know, do it as well as you can. Yeah. yeah and, and we're going to take a break and head into the next segment. If, uh, Eric's an economist, and if you don't have to be an economist to, to be listening to this story and go, wait a minute, there's some pieces of the math not adding up. If they were married and now they're divorced, and now you're talking about how he's the model, the model of his marriage. So we're going to hear about what happened in the meanwhile, in between, after being divorced for 18 years. There's a reconciliation in the future, and that's a story to, to talk about how, how that happens. We're going to take a break. Come back. Solid Steps Radio. Solid Steps Radio. 